0: Hey now, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, one and all, The Quinn here. I just wanted to check in real quick. We recorded this episode with Claire Kelly a few months back, all the way back in December of 2019. And that was obviously before any of this quarantine stuff with COVID-19 was a twinkle in our eyes. And the reason I mentioned that is because we do talk about touring on this episode, including tour dates that were originally set to occur at the end of next month. Obviously, with COVID-19 being what it is, everyone's tour plans are kind of up in the air. So I just wanted to check in here with that caveat before the episode began. Still plenty of great stuff here. Great conversation with Claire, and I hope you enjoy it.
1: Coming to you from
0: helping our music evolve in Nashville, this is the Quinn Spin. Hey now, and welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, one and all, to a brand new edition of the Quinn Spin. I'm your host, Quinn. I'm very happy to be here. Revel 9's All I've Become. Our opening theme is the song you just heard. That's been our opening theme since the great year of 2014 when we were doing this back in New Jersey. Now, we're here in Nashville recording this and every episode at The Lovely, helping our music evolve here on the city's east side. And I'm very excited to be here. Because I have Claire Kelly joining me here. Claire, thank you so much for coming out.
2: Oh, heck yeah. Thanks for having me.
0: We've been, we've been trying to do this for, for quite a while, and now you have a new album that's on the horizon, and yeah. it's the perfect time to get you in the studio and talk about it. So it Totally is. Yeah. So I one thing I ask every guest of the show um, before we go anywhere else are three standard questions. And those questions are, who are you? What do you do? And why on earth would you want to come on The Quinn's Spin?
2: Love it. Well, my name is Claire Kelly. I consider myself a singer, songwriter, and an optimist, and I wanted to come on the show because I think you do a great job of fostering community and supporting artists here in Nashville. So I'm just a big fan.
0: Fostering community. Wow, that's that I like that. That's a,
2: absolutely you know, You're I so supportive. You're always wow. seeing shows and taking photos and mm-hmm. yeah, supporting releases. so I P- think providing that's comic cool. relief. I mean, providing just... a lot of comic relief. We should acknowledge. What yeah, just let's
0: acknowledge what happened before we so. <laughs> There's a there's a chair. The chair I usually sit in here in the studio's got a got a leg that's a little bent in. Um, and I sat in it. And I leaned the wrong way, and I fell flat on my face he right was before we started.
2: Literally telling me that it was a bad chair and then he sat in it and it fell to the ground yeah I'm
0: like I'm like I you, you pointed out you're like that that leg looks a little bent and I'm like yeah I just sat on it it'll be fine and I lean just the wrong way and <laughs> so. it was
2: quite the dramatic intro I really enjoyed it it was great
0: I, I you know the more I think about it the more I kind of wish we caught that on video me too I asked
2: be... him if it was how he started all of his podcast interviews because it really just broke the ice here yeah. we are mm-hmm, laughing mm-hmm. our heads off.
0: I mean wh- where do you go from there I mean you know kind The the veil is lifted at that. Only
2: up. Only
0: up. (laughs) It reminds me. I think it was NBA NBA on TNT. Like Shaq got up from his desk and like walked back and tripped over a wire, (laughs) fell flat on his face.
2: It'd be funny to see somebody that tall fall over.
0: And it's all over the internet. Like people made all kinds of gifs about it and stuff. Like you could you could like just. Google Shaq Falling and you'll probably find
2: it. I look forward to it. I will immediately.
0: So everybody out there, that's your homework. Uh, Post your best uh, Shaq Falling GIFs in the comments (laughs) on Facebook, too. Perfect. Yeah, and send them to us however you want. So anyway, back to the reason why we're actually here. You, not me falling on my face (laughs) or Shaq. Let's start from the beginning, shall we? Sure. Let's talk about your formative experiences, not only in music, but the people, places, experiences that made you who you are and how that kind of feeds into who you've become as an artist.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Well, I grew up in uh, Cary, Illinois, which Mm -hmm. is uh, northwest suburbs of Chicago. Go Cubs. And go Cubs, Mm -hmm. yes, yes. Very, very much a Cubs fan. Mm -hmm. And I do credit being a Cubs fan to my relentless optimism because it was, you know, it's... If you're a Cubs fan, you know that kind of that kind of fight. Yes. And yes, you do. <laughs> uh, it was actually the Cubs won the World Series when I moved to Nashville like in 2016. Oh, right, like, really? and that was I was going to Red Door like by myself the Chicago themed bar here and just like dancing around with strangers. It was very exciting. I love that, that that's here. Cool.
0: Like the first time I ever walked into Red Door, like it took me a second. I'm, I'm looking around I'm like, "Wait, this is a Cubs bar." It
2: is all Chicago stuff. Yeah, yeah it's awesome.
0: I, I love it. I love it. I, yeah. I, I actually got to go to game 4 of that World Series. Oh, that's awesome. That my family sent me. That was a game we got Crushed like seven to two. Fowler hit the home run, and that was really it.
2: Doesn't matter. It (laughs) was so cool. In the
0: end, like number one, being there, number two, like in the end, who won? You know, (laughs) who who won the series? Got to be a part of it.
2: The truth. That's amazing. I love that. Um, But yeah, it was a great place to grow up. And, you know, it was a town very much centered around the high school. So I really was always aspiring to be, um, you know, in the musicals and swing choir and everything like that. So. I've always loved music and it was just uh, a great place to, yeah, to find my voice and grow up and, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. I think everybody needs that. I know we've talked about this on the show before, how, like, everyone needs that place to kind of, like, hone their chops, you Yeah, know, and absolutely. and really come of age and develop their skills.
2: Yes, know? and I've been writing songs forever that I feel like songwriting was never really a choice for me. It was just, like, something I did. Like, it was just, like, me at age 11 and 12, like, after school would just, like, go up to my room and um, originally it was writing parodies to Avril Lavigne songs. Mm-hmm. Like, I would just rewrite Avril songs in um, my bedroom and I thought it was really fun. Fun. And eventually the songs became my own, you know? Yeah. So it yeah, was yeah. cool. Yeah. Better than what
0: I would do. I would try to, like, emulate Limp Biscuit style lyrics. <laughs> uh, those will never see the light of day, don't ask me. They've probably been set on fire. Yes, absolutely. But anyway.
2: <laughs> I will never reveal my Avril parodies. Probably not, but I do have her to thank,
0: for sure. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, it's yeah. all formative experience, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it all leads you to where, where you are. So speaking of where you are, mm-hmm. Nashville, Tennessee right now. Yeah. How'd you get here, and what, what led you here?
2: Um, so I, it's just that I moved here about three years ago, Mm. a little more than that now. And uh, I had moved here from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh I went to school in Milwaukee Mm -hmm. and studied public relations and writing intensive English and uh, was one of the only musicians on my campus, on my school campus. And so um, my freshman year, I remember like, I don't know, walking somewhere with my guitar and my RA stopped me and she's like, you play guitar I'm like sort of yeah you know and uh, she's like come play for this event and then after I played that event then somebody was asking me to play another like school sponsored event and then like a college party and that's like how I learned how to like build my own set lists and like play and actually do that and I was like halfway through college I was like so this is what I really want to do is like perform and be a musician full-time so Yeah. yeah yeah so I yeah finished up school I did a year in the corporate office world and Mm -hmm. uh, was doing music at night. You know what I mean? I'd like play like the local Milwaukee up and under pub at like until 2 Mm a.m. and then go to work the next day. And I was like, what if I gave the 40 hours that I spend at this office that I don't love um, to music, you know? And so I really wanted a change of location for the change of mindset there. And Nashville had always just been kind of a dream, dreamy place to me. So, yeah yeah came here
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and certainly the journey coming here teaches you different things about music, about the industry, about Definitely. kind of chasing this thing and trying to make it on your own. So what are some of the lessons you've learned in coming here?
2: Great question um I think that it's it's so cool to be surrounded by people who you know are like minded and mm-hmm. to be surrounded by so many creative people and just learn from others around you. Like I had always wanted to go like on tour mm-hmm. and I got to Nashville and it was getting to meet all these musicians and go to things like Americana Fest mm-hmm. and uh, and I was like talking to musicians who are booking their own tours. And I was like, oh, like that's something that I could do on my own, you know? And I think like those kind of realizations and that kind of uh, education that you can get from the artists and the songwriters who live here, I think that's the most valuable thing, you know? Because now I'm booking full-fledged tours by myself. And it's like, that's something something I didn't realize I could do. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think there's something you get here that you don't get quite the same way anywhere else in the country. And that is that like-mindedness. That is that... You know, people I think everybody does have their story of why they came here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, oftentimes the central theme of that is they wanted to really pursue music and they wanted to be where the industry's happening and where where it's at its perhaps its strongest, right? And you have a lot of people who understand how the industry works, understands the business of it, understands the creative side of it, but also Everyone understands that, you know, we're all new here at some point. And Mm -hmm. I I find that there's really a camaraderie here that people really genuinely, genuinely, from my experience, want to see each other win.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I speak to that a lot. The fact that this is a transplant city, Mm -hmm. like, it makes everybody a little bit more welcoming, right? Because we've all been the new kid on the block. Right. And it's just so easy to, like, you know, if someone doesn't know where they're going or what they should be doing on a Wednesday night, you're like, okay, like, go to this, like, event or this night of music and, like, you'll meet people there. And, like, it's so welcoming in that way. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: people are, like so engaging with you from the get-go like people seem genuinely happy to meet you here (laughs) you know (laughs) that's true yeah just in a general sense i think part of it's like the southern hospitality part because i could tell you like Growing up in New Jersey, obviously I know New York and I know Philly, and if you brush up against somebody the wrong way on the subway, they're <laughs> cursing you out, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, here, people are very accommodating, and people yeah. like will just have a conversation with you right? because you're willing to have one with them.
2: Definitely. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that community and like connection and that kind of camaraderie is really welcome here. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. And that it makes ta- it a great place to live. It yeah. makes it a great place to be. Yeah.
0: yeah, exactly what I was about to say. You know, it really does make this a unique place in time, you know, yeah. like, I, I, I think, again, there's not anywhere else that's quite like this. It quite has the opportunities, mm-hmm. you know, present and, you know, who knows how it's going to evolve five, 10, 15 years from now, sure. but it's a great time to be on the ground floor here. For totally sure. agree. So let's talk about, I mean, you've been busy uh, over the past few years, really. I mean, 2019 was huge. You hit the road a lot You mm-hmm. released some music. And now we're, right in the middle of 2020 and we want to talk about the album here. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about the process behind it first.
2: Sure, absolutely. Um, Well, I feel like it's interesting just like how songwriting has evolved for me since Mm -hmm. coming to Nashville. You know, like when I came here in 2016, I really thought that I wanted to be like a staff writer for a publishing company. And so I was writing with anybody who would write with me and I was writing like five six seven writes a week like Mm. something crazy like that yeah and uh and then eventually i had this like huge pile of songs that i wasn't doing anything with and i was like what and I i felt like i needed to rethink that strategy and uh so now i feel like i've evolved into writing songs that i really uh resonate with and that i can tell stories with on the road and that i can um really believe in you know what I mean just like focusing on the ones that really mean something to you which has been really awesome so that's what this next record is going to be a lot of songs that are true stories and Mm -hmm. I think that I've really found especially playing shows it's like the songs that mean the most to you personally and that are I don't know the truest to you connect the best with somebody else Absolutely, you know Mm -hmm. it's crazy it's kind of wild
0: yeah people can really pick that out People know when you're being authentic with them, definitely. And I mean, I can usually tell just you know so much with so much music coming across. You you can really tell when somebody really put their all into something. Yeah. And when it's real to them, it's going to be that more much more real to the audience.
2: Right. Exactly.
0: I think people are also craving that authenticity again in music. Yeah. For so long, you know, so many in so many corners of the industry, it has been a this focus on you know right for you know commercial gain, You know, sure. right, right for the mainstream, you know, and I think people, well, while, while there's certainly a time and a place for that, people are really, as they start to seek out their own, you know, musical choices more and more, really want to find something that resonates with them, and right. that's authentic to them. Totally. So who's working with you on the record?
2: Um, So I've done a couple of the songs. A couple of songs that I released in 2019 are going to be on the Mm. record. And those are recorded over at Black Dog Recording in Mm -hmm. East Nashville. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm working on the next couple with um, Randy Ross, who has a studio on the west side of town. So Mm -hmm. it's really pulling a bunch of my friends in as the musicians. You know, I mean, the best part about this town is that your best friends are so talented, right? (laughs) It's just like you turn around and I'm just like so Excited about all my friends' projects, and so you know I admire all their talents so much. So, mm-hmm. I've got my Alec, my friend Alex Stradell playing a lot of cello on the mm. record, which I love, and uh, Nick Stone is playing a lot on it, and it's it's awesome. It's it's a good mix of the people that I love. Here and their talents you know
0: so let's talk about some of the themes here on the record sure you you you, you alluded to you know these are true stories you Mm -hmm. know these this is you at your most authentic you know so let's talk about some of the things that you dive into here
2: yeah so one of the um i say the focal points on the record is uh the song i wrote called detour and Mm -hmm. the story of the song um So since I grew up in, like, the flatlands of Illinois, um, I kind of freak out any time that I see mountains. And uh, my neighbors, who I grew up next to in Cary, they recently moved out to, like, a little mountain town in Colorado called Uh Conifer. Okay. And it's really, like, tucked away in the Rockies. And I was on tour, and I was visiting them out there. And I was looking at Mr. and Mrs. Taylor, who are, like, my parents' age, you know, and I was like, how long have you guys been trying to do this? Like, Uh get here. And... uh, and Mr. Taylor was like, Claire, I've been trying to be here since I was 18 years old. And I was like, okay, well, it took you long enough. Wow. And, uh, and he said, yeah, you know my dad wanted me to make sure after I graduated that I could get one job he's like go interview for one job here and if you get the job you can go to Colorado because then I trust you to be mm-hmm. you know like stable and independent yeah. and he's like okay so he takes the job he takes the job interview and the person who was interviewing him was his future wife mrs. Taylor and he said he stayed behind for those pretty blue eyes and I was like okay wow. I guess uh, I guess love is a pretty good detour uh-huh. and-, and he said and that's the name of your next country hit and I was like Okay. Um, But I really love that story. And I was really thinking about how much better his, you know, Colorado experience is with the love of his life and the family that he has, like Mm -hmm. being there now, even if it's years later. Yeah. And, and I was thinking about just the word detour and, mm-hmm. like, the, the meaning that it holds and how most of the stories that I've written about on this record, like, they really were, like, accidental occurrences, right? It's just, like, you can plan as much as you want ahead and you can create itineraries and you can um, do your best to, like, see what's up ahead, but the best stuff happens when you're not expecting it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, there's a song on my record about a hairless cat, I'm mm-hmm. not lying. And it was just like the most unexpected experience like on a tour in Berlin. And I was like, this is like, this is the good stuff. You I know? remember
0: you playing that at True Music Room last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's,
2: it's a fun one for yeah, sure. But yeah. it's just like that stuff, yeah. I, w- I would have never intended to write a song about a hairless cat, right. nor really interact with one. Right. Um But it happened and it was like, it's such a good... Momento, you know what i mean for the yeah. whole trip and just a crazy mm-hmm. experience that makes people laugh and makes people smile so yeah
0: i mean the best stuff is yeah. the unexpected i mean we just came to the, the end of a decade a few months ago as of the airing of this episode right
2: yeah
0: and like it's funny when you reflect on like where you were at the beginning of the decade and what you thought your life would look like 10 years later versus how it actually turned out so
2: true <laughs> yeah 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 like
0: i would have never been in nashville like at the beginning of the decade like I wasn't sure what I wanted to do when I grew up, and, like, I started a podcast in 2013, and now it led me all the way down this rabbit hole, you know? Yeah. And now I want to write a book called Completely by Accident, How I Stumbled Into the Music Industry. I love that, (laughs) yeah. You know, because it's just like...
2: A total detour for you.
0: Yeah, absolutely, but, you know, we all have those things, right, where it's just like we start one thing, we have no idea how the little... It's that butterfly effect of how this little thing that we just start because we're bored and need an outlet in my case, like changes the course of our lives. <laughs>
2: totally. It's,
0: it's it's crazy how how life just kind of holds that in store and the people we meet along the way. Yes. That's know? one
2: of my favorite things to look back on is like mm-hmm. a ch- the chain reactions that yeah. take place like that one decision you made mm-hmm. and then everything that came from it. You know it's yeah. just it's so wild to, to yeah. look back at those patterns and those chains. I love it. I really think that that's the that's the one running through it is detour and there are a lot of stories um, from the road too mm-hmm. you know and there's like um, um, one of the singles that I released, um, Running Out, which you did, which the yes. which Underground uh, covered, um, is a song about how being on the road as a musician definitely puts you in positions where you're missing people a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? If it's mm-hmm. significant others, if it's friends, if it's like, you know, you leave a community that you have for a couple months. Like, it's kind of crazy that we do that, you know? Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. And yeah. life passes you by, you know, like it, it feels like sometimes you feel like you're missing out on a lot, you know? Right. I mean, back home. I have three nieces and a nephew and I'm missing a lot, you know, yeah. like, and we FaceTime and I go up there and I see them, you know, that's totally. like my number one reason for visiting home pretty much is those sure. kids. But like, still, you miss a lot of the little stuff and definitely. like, you know, when they're little enough and don't understand how far away you live, they wonder, you know, why you didn't come over this weekend or that weekend. Yeah, or
2: like why you missed their birthday party or whatever. Yeah, yeah. that's the hard stuff. Yeah, sure.
0: it, it is, you know, but it, it's the life we live. You yeah, know? it's and, the life we chose. Yeah, it, yeah. And it does, it definitely... I I mean, it has its sweet spots for sure, but it does have those difficult things. And, Mm -hmm. you know, being in this creative industry where there are so many people and so many moving parts, you know, it's, it's hard to replace what you have back home because, like, you're constantly on the move and you're developing a lot of relationships, but a lot of them are very surface level. You know, mm. like, you, you don't have the chance to really go deep with as many people as you do for, with the people back home that you go way back with.
2: Right, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Running Out, because that is a truly just, like, devastating, like, <laughs> ballad. I, that, that 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 wound up on our UMC 50 for 2019, Oh, too. that's so awesome. So, yeah, I'm happy yeah. to hear that. If you could pick out favorite moments from the record, mm. what, what, or from the process, not just the record itself, but from the creative process.
2: Yeah, totally. I mean, it is, like, it's... Yeah, I it's so fun to think about. I mean, the songwriting process is always my favorite. Mm-hmm. I think uh the studio time I like, but I don't like it as much. You know, mm-hmm. I'd rather I like my love is definitely in the the writing the actual songs and then in the performing and the connecting yeah. over. And so I guess really some of the best moments have been, you know, playing a song that that I was thinking about The the Land That Time Forgot which is going to be on the record too mm-hmm. which is the song about this little town I went to in Scotland right. and how it meant so much to me it was another one of those experiences and then I played it and I just I wasn't sure if it would resonate because it was about something so specific uh-huh. you know but um, really feeling people respond to that was so inspiring and so cool and mm-hmm. so magical so yeah. yeah I really yeah I'm just looking forward to yeah having the whole thing out there yeah
0: yeah I remember yeah. that one one live from true music room that one time too oh cool yeah Yeah,
2: absolutely yeah it's one of those things too where it's like um i play it out a lot too with like if I have like friends, you know, who know it and say like I can do it with ten people and mm-hmm. have everybody singing it with me, or I can do it alone, and I feel like it does resonate similarly, which is cool.
0: So you'll have a chance to get out there on the road again this summer. Yes, definitely. So tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about those plans and where uh, we might be able to catch you out there.
2: Yeah. So at the end of May, I'll be heading actually my first Southwest tour. So that'll be Ooh. new territory for me, and it's uh I try and do um one tour a year where it's, like, me exploring a new place. Like, Mm -hmm. because I think that's, like, the best part of this job is that we get the flexibility and Uh we get to be our own bosses. And so... Last summer I was out in Colorado and I really got to just like drive around the mountains and play shows and it was just yeah. so magical. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this summer it's going to be the Southwest. So I'm hitting a couple of different cities um, in Texas that I haven't been to, and then going all the way um, to New Mexico, Arizona, yeah. which would be great too. It's
0: really cool out there. Are you driving? Yeah. Driving oh yeah. For okay, sure. You drive I've
2: never there. seen the Grand Canyon. Yeah. I want to see the Grand Canyon. So yeah. I really wanted to book yeah some shows that would allow me to do that.
0: Yeah, the, yeah. I, I drove through the desert once back in like 2013 and it's like it's such a surreal experience because like you see it on tv like I, i'm from the northeast i live mm-hmm. nowhere near a desert i right. never i never have but like you see it on tv and like but like the desert is real and it is barren but also it's kind of like tranquil you yeah. know like just seeing nothing but the open sky and just like sand everywhere it's just like it's just you in the open road. And it's really, it does, you know, how barren it is and how long it is between stops on the highway too. It does really make you think about like where you come from and like, you know, the opportunities you're fortunate to have there. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's the same country, right? But it is a completely different way of life out in the deserts of New Mexico than it is up, you know, in the New York area where I'm from.
2: So true. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It's one of those things where, uh, as, like, a traveler and an adventurer, like, I want to make sure that I see as much of the U.S. as possible, yeah. you know, because even when you're in Europe and they're all like, you haven't been there, you haven't been this place, mm-hmm. or, you know, it's like, our backyard is so big here, you know, we can yeah. cover so much ground, so. Yeah,
0: there's there, and there's so many different, things to see here yeah too, you know I my goal is to get to all 50 states I've been to 31 <gasps> as of this recording um, nice Kentucky being the most recent which I <laughs> I avoided somehow the whole time like I've, been, every, I've been everywhere <laughs> north of there and south of there yeah. and then when I moved here I thought I lost my wallet and I had to go the nearest PNC bank is in Bowling Green Kentucky which is an hour away so, okay like, that was how I got to Kentucky for the first time <laughs>
2: see? and <laughs> what a good detour that led you to Kentucky. You yeah. know what I mean? To cross that state off your list. That's I don't know.
0: Great. I don't know like when I ever would have gone to Kentucky on yeah. purpose. You know, <laughs> so <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with Kentucky. I just you know like I don't know anyone there. You know, I don't know why I would have gone there. So that yeah. got that got me number thirty one. Michigan was Michigan counts because I put two feet on the ground to get gas there once I'm <laughs> okay, on the way fair. to Chicago to go to Wrigley. Actually, nice. Oh, cool. And um, yeah, I haven't been anywhere north of Missouri and west. So like okay iowa minnesota all those in west pacific northwest i haven't done yet and then Maine, new hampshire vermont and alaska i'm saving hawaii for last
2: that's great plan that's actually mm-hmm. mine too like my goal is to hit all 50 before i turn 30 which is a little bold but um i've got a few years i think i can make it happen with touring in these places mm-hmm. but i figure the last like it'll be like my 30th birthday present that i like go to hawaii yeah. or alaska that one of the harder ones to get to yeah yeah, so, yeah. yeah. i figure alaska... the crowning achievement
0: Alaska will be 49, and then I'm saving Hawaii for Alaska since I was a little kid. I'm like, I want to go to Hawaii. Yeah, Because like, I, I love beaches and islands and stuff. So I'm well, like, they
2: got those. Lifelong. <laughs> yeah, lifelong dream. Go <laughs> to Hawaii. So, awesome.
0: so I'm crossing that off the list, and then... I might actually travel internationally. I don't know. I haven't done much of that at all.
2: But anyway, yeah. a,
0: Enough about my travel plans. So,
2: <laughs> I love it.
0: So you're going to the Southwest. You're going to be touring, and then after that, what is, what do things look like in your world?
2: Um, I think I'll be touring a lot during the summertime as well. Yeah. Um, and really lately, I'm just like the the plan is to keep going. You know, mm-hmm. I really love the path that I'm on, and yeah. I really love. Um, being in Nashville, and I just love what I'm, what I'm doing, so it's just kind of like keep putting one foot in front of the other, you know?
0: Isn't it a beautiful thing when you get to that point, right, and you're just like, I'm just gonna keep doing this?
2: Yeah! You know,
0: like, and I'm at the point where it's just like, nothing's gonna stop me, you know? <laughs> like, Definitely. You know, this is just a part of who I am and what I do, and like, you know, it's, it's just good to reach that point, because then you're, f- you feel freer to create. Definitely. There's not so much pressure on, I have to make it by this point. It's like, I'm going to appreciate this journey for a while. Oh,
2: yeah. One of my biggest um, inspirations uh, is Brandi Carlisle. Mm-hmm. And she gave a speech during Americana Fest that I loved. And it was just, you know, she's 40 years old, right? And she mm-hmm. just had this huge year and just had all this success. And yeah. she's really just like the it girl and Americana and folk. And mm-hmm. um, and she's like, you know what? Like, nobody's mad at you when you succeed at 40. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she's like, I've put in, I've been doing this for 18, 19 years. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, the fact that it's, what I really wanted to do and it's getting recognized. It's like, great. You know, I think that's super cool. I think she's a good example of just like patience and persistence and like, she's just been doing what she loves, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's what it takes, you know, honestly, yeah. it just takes that patience, persistence and totally. realizing there's no finish line, realizing that Yeah. every stop along the way, you know, whether it, you know, blows up huge or blows up in your face <laughs> you yeah, know the good like, blow up or the bad blow up like there's something to learn from that and there's something to take forward from that you know definitely. and everything in between like not everything's gonna like change the world but it's gonna get you a step closer to where you want to be you're gonna learn something from it you're gonna grow from it
2: definitely it is funny how the you know going into 2020 there was so much reflection and there was Mm. so much just like you really do look at yourself 10 years ago and um this past fall um I got this like dream slot opening up for Kobe and I was thinking about like when I was about to play this gig I was so nervous and so like crazed because like Ten years before that, you know what I mean? Like, 16-year-old Claire was, like, learning guitars, like, Kobe Calais songs on guitar for the first time. Uh So, like, for that to be the 10-year mark for me, like, opening up for someone like that, I was like, how cool. Or it's like, this is good. It's just, it's happening, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, slowly but surely. Mm -hmm. It's
0: it's funny the things that you kind of just put out there in the universe in one way or another. Yeah,
2: it's amazing.
0: And you're able to look back and be like, Wow, like that was. I
2: had no idea how
0: to even get to this point. No, I
2: would have never known. Yeah, exactly. And and you just
0: get there, you know? And then, but then there's always somewhere else to get to, you know? I think like the important thing for us to keep in mind as creative people is like once you accomplish that goal, like, okay, that's great. You accomplished that goal, but there's always something else. Like that's yeah. the beauty of creating, right? Totally. Is you never have to be finished. No. And if you want to continue growing in different ways, then you shouldn't ever be finished. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's always that next thing to aspire to, that next thing to accomplish, or cross off the list. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's exciting to just kind of, you know, as I've been doing this for a few years, just like Kind of see the trajectory that people I've known in that time have been on, you know, and see some of the bands that when I first started this show back in 2013, 2014, like really starting to crush it out there and like get national radio play. And there's one band called Foxtrot and the Get Down from Philly. And like we (laughs) back in 2014, we threw this fundraiser up at some lake up in new jersey for the american cancer society and like there are more volunteers and like people musicians than actual people who attended this thing and they played on that benefit with us and they're we've been good for you know i've been friends with them ever since just kind of following their journey checking in and now i'm seeing them go to like la and getting airplay on k-rock Thank you yeah. know and just having all these cool things happen it's like it's so cool to just see like Where other people were, right, you know, and see they see them grow, and then be able to cross paths with them once in a while, and just be like, "Hey, remember this?" Like, wow, we like you guys have come far. We've all come so far, you know. It's really, it's inspiring, and it helps keep you going too. You know, just your peers out there sticking with it, killing it, just doing new things.
2: Yeah, I love that. That's so amazing. So,
0: Well, Claire, thank you so much for joining us
2: here. Yeah, absolutely. So, thank you so much for having me. Yeah,
0: so before I let you go, I want to give you a chance to tell people where they can learn more about you online.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I've got a website, clairekellymusic.com, and the Instagram is clairekellymusic as well, and also on Spotify and Apple Music and all that stuff. So, Claire Kelly.
0: hmm Make sure you check her out. New album coming out this spring. We'll of course have that rolled out for you in some form or fashion on our end too. Just uh, to, you know, make people aware of it, <laughs> put it in people's ears.
2: Awesome. Thanks so much.
0: Absolutely. So this is the Quinn Spin. That's two ends in Quinn, two ends and spin. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, and many more platforms. I think there's nine in total. Um, I start to get fuzzy on the names after Anchor and Stitcher, though. Uh, but anyway, so you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, again, two ends and Quinn, two ends and spin. You can also learn everything you need to know about the show and all other things underground music collective at undergroundmusiccollective.com. You can also find UMC on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and of course our UMC 20 playlist on Spotify. You can also listen to the UMC 50 from 2019. It's a few months ago, but it's still there. It's there forever, running out on the upcoming record, is one of the 50 songs that we included as our uh, recap of 2019. So make sure you stay tuned. Of course, this is 2020, and we pledged at the beginning of this year, actually the end of the previous one, to give you two episodes per month, so stay tuned for what is coming next on all of our channels. We want the night from the Mad Sugars, our closing theme Nashville-based band. They're going to take it away right now, and I'll see you soon. Hey, now. (laughs)
3: Should leave this all behind. Can't be treading water at 25. Paychecks here, not much left over. the Expect a who we'll meet There's no telling what the night brings
1: now